All right, we're live. It is the J and J Houston Sportscast. Uh, we are hours removed from the Texans winning against the Denver Broncos. We're six and three now. That is a six-game winning streak after starting zero and three. Um, but this was one of those games, James, where uh, man, you know, you start off thinking this is going to be one I can enjoy, and then in the second half things just go terribly wrong. Um, we still won the game, by the way, um, but still, this was just another example of Bill O'Brien holding this team back. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you're joining us for the first time or not, I'm John Fuentes. I'm here at my co-host, James Ray. This is the Houston, uh, J&J Houston Sportscast. James, how you doing? Oh, my God, man. Just when I think I've turned a corner and I see a team going the direction that we all think they can go. Bill O'Brien strikes. <laughs> I mean, are we are we even surprised at this point? Honestly, like, okay, no, we're not surprised. But I, I you know, and we've talked about it many times on our other sport on our other podcast. You know, it's to the point to where you have to you you have to understand understand what's going on with our team and and i think no one gets it no no one seems to understand it because no one knows what the hell bill o'brien's thinking just when you think they're turning a corner they're they're getting where they need to go next thing you know i, I just can't I, I can't it's it's so i went from two weeks in a row enjoying the game enjoying watching the texans game to Starting off good today, and then next thing you know, here we go. It's it's the same bullshit, abysmal play calling of Bull Brian. I'm sorry for my language, but this guy, I'm sorry, but there's to me, there's no way you can defend Bill O'Brien right now. No, and there's but, people doing it. There's people doing. Well, it. Oh yeah, no. And for the record, Bill O'Brien is finally 37 and 36 as a head coach. <laughs> he finally broke 500, ladies and gentlemen. Yay, Bill! All right. <laughs> Um, one thing that uh, I noticed, and I'm sure you noticed too, everyone noticed if you're on Twitter during the games, every first down is a run. Every first down. And you, you, you would think, okay, he's setting up play action for another first down. No, it's, it's first down, run. First down, run. And my editor over at Texans Wire tweeted it out perfectly. said, yeah, he's been setting up the, the, the play action for about four years now. And God, I mean... This guy, the play calling, how stubborn he is, how he he, he he wants to hype himself up as being – he acts like like a douche after every win. I'm sorry. He just does. The way he talks to the media, the way he holds himself, I mean he, he believes he's God's greatest gift to football, um, which amazes me considering like you just brought up. He has one more win than he does losses. He is barely a winning coach. He was close to being a losing coach today, a, a coach with a losing record, almost, and that was because the Broncos lost the game. Houston didn't win it, the Broncos lost it. And Keenum, at, on that final drive, brought his team down, gave his team a chance to win, and they just didn't do it. O'Brien cost this team the game when they got in front and refused to keep his foot down on the pedal. He went conservative as usual, continued to play conservative, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. All this man does is run the ball. With two all-pro receivers 
a promising young franchise quarterback and two promising tight ends, he decides to run the ball with Lamar Miller. I don't understand this logic. I never will. And when I can call the plays that you're about to run, as someone who is not educated in the deep, 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 deep areas of football the way this man supposedly is, you have an issue. I The fact that we almost lost this game, I mean, we talked about it these past two weeks where the Jaguars win and the Miami win were the first wins we actually enjoyed because the rest were essentially handed to us. This was starting off as a win that I could enjoy, and it ended like one that was handed to us again. You know, I, I can't enjoy this win. I can't. I guess to echo off that, I mean, as a Texans fan, do you honestly feel comfortable going into playoffs? Do you honestly think that we're going to compete? I, I you just, I just don't see it, man. I like the best thing. I and I, I told John this earlier. I feel like we're Cincinnati right now. Like we've got the players, we've got the talent. We just, we just can't put it all together because our head coach can't pull his head out of his ass. And, it, and as good as Marvin Lewis has been in getting into the playoffs, he hasn't won a playoff game ever. I mean, at least Bill O'Brien's one and two in the playoffs. I guess you could give him that. But I, I again, I mean, it's it's like an empty win. I know that sounds stupid. Look, a win's a win. Six in a row is nothing to scoff at. I'm not, I'm not blind to that. But at the same time, three of those wins were definitely handed to us. Yeah. One coach called a bad call on a, on a on a game-winning drive that shouldn't have, he shouldn't have called. It was a bad call. You know, the other one, we I guess in some ways you can say we earned it, but realistically speaking, the coach on the other team screwed it up. Uh, then again, <laughs> look at this one. Like you just said, Case drove down the field, put his team in position to win, kicker shanked it. Boy, we, we either got to horseshoe up our ass or, you know, something – or the gods are smiling down on us because at this particular point, I do not feel comfortable going, oh, my God, yes, six and three. We could work this. We could get into the playoffs. This is the AFC to have right now. I, I just can't do it right now, man. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's to the point to where it's will of fortune. I know it's any given Sunday, basically, but for any team in the NFL – but for the teams who are really good, for the teams who are perennial powerhouses in the AFC or NFC, they get it done and they win, and then they win in convincing fashions. Yeah, they'll have a fluke win every now and then on an abysmal team that showed up to play that day, but we've had three. That's insane. Half of our wins have been on flukes. You can't buy it, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not – there, there were some good spots by the players today, and you know, there were some things that we will break down throughout the game as the show goes on. But this isn't the players; this is the coaching, plain and simple. I mean, we have the players. When you see Deshaun Watson had a great game today, he did. When you look at the numbers, he had a great game. There were some things that we can nitpick, but he had a great game. Demarius Thomas for having as little time he did to learn the playbook and to be used the way he was. He he had a decent game. Hopkins had a good game. You know, our tight ends were involved in the offense. The offensive line played a lot better than I assumed they would against Chubb and Von Miller. Lamb did a great job against Von Miller today. He really did. Um, now, Von got a sack, but that was when Lamb got hurt for a bit and was out of the game. But the coaching, the, if this team is used to their ability, this team is not a running football team. 
This is not a running football team. You have two all-pro receivers and Deshaun Watson. You need to be passing that ball much more often than you already are. And you, you this game should have been, like me, you and I predicted this game was going to get into the 30s for the Texans, I believe, that we were going to score 30-plus points, and we should have, especially with the players we have on this roster. We didn't because Coach O'Brien continuously wants to pound the rock and establish this team as a running football, uh, you know, with a running football culture, which we, we just don't have the personnel to... To establish that, our personnel allows us to establish a great passing attack. A great passing attack. And we're being hindered by this man's stubbornness and reluctance to change his style of play calling rather than to accustom his playbook to Deshaun Watson and let Deshaun Watson play his game. And and I'm going to say this. This team can win a Super Bowl. This year, this team can win a Super Bowl, but we will not win anything with Coach O'Brien at the helm. I actually agree with you. I I agree with that completely. I think that there the we have a talented roster, like most other most other echelon teams right now. I think we have at least the talent or more talent than them, and we can't put it all together. I don't understand it. I, I it all falls back on coaching, man. If a player goes, the player is offsides or he does a false start. Yeah, that's on the player, right? I get that. You can't only coach them so much before they get out there. But when the coach is controlling the offense, when the coach is doing is making the personnel decisions on who to play and who not to play, you you can't you can't take that from him. You just can't. I don't sit there and talk, talk to me about Calamente or Calamente. What is that fool's name? Suofilo 2.0. That guy can't stay healthy. He's a walking injury prone. It's like it's like watching Fuller on the O line. It's just it's a nightmare. At least Fuller produces. He don't produce anything. I mean, you, you got and then you put Rankins in there, and I understand injuries have a lot to do with it. But I, again, I go back to when Rankin was even put on this team. I would rather have David Quisenberry than Rankin at this point. Because at least I can rely on on Cube doing something. Rankin can't do anything. He's been abysmal this whole year. There's not been one bright spot about his game to warrant him coming into the game. I'm sorry. Let's address this because we 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 do interact with you know the people who watch this show uh, when they're in the chat. Elver Galarga, uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. First off, thank you for watching the show, um, Elver. Elver says, dude, what are you talking about? Coaching problems. If you send me to buy a Coke and I bring back milk, is it your fault? Well, the problem with that, Elver, is that this team is built to pass, like we just mentioned. You have two all-pro wide receivers in Deshaun Watson, and you have Lamar Miller as your running back. This offensive line has proven to be decent in the run game, and they've proven to be decent in the pass game, but they are not going to be able to go up against elite defensive lines like today and run the football. They couldn't do it. This team needs to be passing the ball, and ultimately the play calling is on Bill O'Brien's shoulders. He has the personnel to have one of the best offenses in, in, in the league, and I believe he does have one of the offense, best offensive in the, uh, on offenses in the league. He just doesn't use them to their to their capability, to their full capability. He wants to run the ball constantly when he has the personnel to have one of the best passing attacks in the game. There's a reason the Saints aren't pounding the football down your throats every game. 
because the Saints have Drew Brees and great receivers. And yeah, they have Kamara, who's, who's, a, who's a great running back. But there's a reason that they march down the field with their passing game and not with their running game. Because they have the personnel to do so. We have the personnel to do the exact same thing. But O'Brien refuses to do so for reasons I, I couldn't tell you. James, what do you think about it? It's like I said with the false start thing. I mean, that's, I've already addressed it. I mean, it's the same concept. I mean, yeah, I can teach him not to to watch the ball and to not be offsides or false start, but if it's on the field, there's nothing I can do about it. But at the same time, as a coach, I have to know the strengths and weaknesses of my players. If I know you're a moron and you're going to go do your own thing and I send you to the store to get Coke and you bring back milk, well, then that's on me because I should have maybe put someone else in that position other than you. So, yeah, that's on coaching. I don't know anyone who is the leader of men, and I've said this many times before, that does not take responsibility for when their people screw up. Furthermore, take responsibility for it and then make sure it doesn't happen again. Not keep going over and over and over after every press conference saying, yeah, well, I just got to coach better. Or the famous, I don't know, but something's got to change. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, um, Elver responds with, yes, and if we had full... Oh, well, first he said, no, you no, you only have one at this time. I'm assuming he's referring to all pro receivers. Um, and yes, if we had Fuller, but we don't. We only have Hopkins. That's the only target we have. That's arguable. I mean, today, Demarius Thomas came in with, what, a few days to learn the playbook before playing. He had three catches for... 61 or 63 yards, I can't remember the exact number, but he showed he can be a great part of this offense. He's a great receiver. You can't deny that. He is a great receiver. And yeah, he, you know, he's not going to be Will Fuller. He's not that young and he's not that fast, but he's a great receiver and he is an all-pro receiver. He's made, he's been to several Pro Bowls in the past. He is an all-pro receiver. Um, And furthermore, to kind of echo on that, he's a possession receiver. Yeah. He, he's not I don't know if you know there are there are different types of receivers. You know, I just if I if I ever had to say now would be the time to pass more than ever when you're in like crucial situations instead of running the ball. Now would be the time more so in the past because Will Fuller, even though he's gotten better every year, still has problems getting off the line. Yeah. Thomas does not have problems getting off the line. There's no one that can body that man up in the NFL. And if you think that, then I don't know how it's going to help you. That just doesn't make any sense because the guy is going to get open and he's going to catch balls. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's a world beater and I'm not saying he's, you know, an all pro this year, but like John said, he's proven himself in the past. He's got a new change of scenery. He's going to have what a, two weeks to get ready for the next game, essentially. So he's going to know the playbook more. We might even see more of him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, there's a lot that goes into that. But then again, you have to think about it. After those three catches, he, he was non-existent. Why didn't you try to get him the ball more? Because you wanted to run the ball more. Yeah. You wanted to milk the clock. You wanted to play not to lose, and you almost lost. Yeah. You should have lost, quite frankly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the problem I have, and one of the biggest problems, and I'm going to speak on this before we get to the next topic, and this goes to anyone who's watching in the stream right now, if you've never seen any of my videos, uh, I am I am not I am a big humongous fan. I love the Texans, but when they screw up 
or when they do something, I'm not going to overlook it because I'm a homer. I just not. I never will. I, if they do something bad, even if it's players that I really love, I will not do it. I will not do it. So um, you just have to understand that going into our into our videos is that I'm not going to sit there and sugarcoat shit, and I'm definitely not going to sit there and agree with everyone, especially when I see it with my own eyes. It doesn't mean that my mind can't be changed. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man of my word. When I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. I'll eat my crow like I, I do. But in this particular point, uh, I can't do that because I've seen it for five freaking years of the same crap over and over and over again. And there's no more excuses for Bill. I've defended Bill for four years. I can't do it anymore. I can't. I've been, I've been defending him for four years, and I can't do it no more. I, I've run out of excuses to defend him with. That's, I just can't do it. Uh, by the way, Dallas Keiko won gold glove. Really? Yep. It just came out. All right, then. Um, we can talk about that a little later. There's some. There's definitely some Keiko <laughs> stuff we can talk about. But uh, just to we'll we'll, we'll address Elver one more time because he's he's he had a, a few more things to say. Um, but he doesn't know the offense, so it's extremely limited. Then he followed up with your comments. He said, "No, Ray, it's because that's the only three plays he learned." Um, well, yes, that that comments essentially making our point. He had a semi-great, you know, semi-good performance with three plays, 60-something yards on three catches. Now, imagine what this guy can do when he knows the full playbook and he's not confused the way he was in the fourth quarter, which caused us to use a timeout. Um, when this guy knows the full playbook, he will definitely be an impact on this team uh, greater than he was today. Um, we'll move on now because we'll, we'll come back to Demarius. We're definitely okay. going to talk about... Let, let, me, let me add on to that. Sure. I, I find it hard to believe... That some a seasoned pro like Thomas only knows three to five plays. But I don't know if you've ever played football, man. But you you could pretty much learn ten plays pretty pretty easily, pretty easily yeah. no matter what position you're in. So I don't know if I can agree with you on that one, man. Yeah, um, but we'll move on. Uh, we'll 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 go top to bottom here. Let's start with Deshaun Watson. Um, if we look at Deshaun Watson's stats today, Deshaun was 17 for 24, 213 passing yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for six carries, 38 yards. He averaged 6.3 yards a carry. Uh, Deshaun did his thing today, man. He looked happy. He looked like he was having fun as per usual. That's what you want to see out of him. Um, and you know, when he was allowed to pass the ball, he looked good, missed a few spots. Um, I think I'm not going to blame all of the sacks today on the offensive line because Deshaun definitely held onto the ball a little too long. Um, Without a doubt. Yeah. So I can only probably put one of those sacks on the offensive line, maybe. Um, but yeah. And it has to be on Nick Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, Deshaun played great, man. He played great. I, I, I think that he needs to get a little more opportunities to throw the ball, especially when you have DeAndre and uh, Demarius now. And the tight ends are really showing up, you know. They're really showing up. And you know, the first drive of this of uh, of the game was very evident of what this team is capable of. Oh, very yeah. evident of what this team is capable of. It was so refreshing to see an opening drive with a score in the red zone. I, I, yeah. That made me extremely happy. And and they can do that. They can really do that constantly and regularly if given the opportunity. But. I digress. What do you think, Ray? I think Thomas is a matchup nightmare for the red zone. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I think he, he's just – I think he's got great potential. I just think he needs to put it all, all together. Um, 
the first drive of the game, I, I was I was ready for a, uh, another kind of dolphin game. I was ready for Sean to get into a, a rhythm, and if only. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And then uh, DT came out of nowhere with the reception and on a screen and took it took it for about thirty what thirty forty yards down the field. I mean. I was like, wow, okay, here we go. Let's move. And then Hop started getting into it. And I'm like, oh, well, this is getting good. You know, but it, it, again, man, I hate saying it goes back to it goes back to the play calling, man. Uh, and and I gotta say, man, I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not I've gotta be honest. I've I've defended Lamar Miller for a while, but I'm starting to really get tired of Lamar Miller. Um he does a lot of things really well. But he doesn't do one thing really good, like to separate him from. To in other words, for the kind of money that we're paying him, I, I just don't think he's worth it. Uh, in all honesty, uh, what what do you have like 12, 14 carries for like thirty yards? Um, I mean, it was horrible. Lamar actually, Alfred Blue actually outran Lamar Miller today. Uh, Lamar had 12 carries for 21 yards. He averaged 1.8 yards a carry. Blue rushed for 15 carries, 39 yards. He averaged 2.6 yards a carry. Oh, so Alfred Blue's average. That's outstanding. Great. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so I... I, You know, just... For wanting to be a running team, to me, we don't have the runner to be a running team. Yeah. Uh, Maybe if Foreman was back, I would probably feel differently but at this point man it's we can't be a running team with the backs we've got it, it's that simple i don't care what anyone says it, I, i've seen enough of miller to say okay yeah he's he's not great but he's he's definitely you know above average but he is not worth the money we're paying him man i'm sorry even though it could be a lot more but still i mean i don't know i just you know, Watson played good. Uh, you know, again, uh, he did what he does best. He just tries to control the offense, tries to limit the amount of, amount of mistakes, makes plays when he when he can, and tries to make the W and tries to get the W. Stayed stayed healthy or st- staying healthy. That's always a plus for me. Anytime I can see that man run out or walk off the field, and it's at the end of the game, uh, I'm I'm happy because without him, this team goes. Nowhere. Yeah, um, Mr. Mediocre says it, you know, pretty well. He wraps it up pretty well. Oh, Mr. Mediocre. (laughs) Let me tell you about Mr. Mediocre. I love that guy, man. That's that's one of my old dudes, man. He used to be all sticky layer, man. Mr. Mediocre. I love that guy, man. Uh, He says Lamar is average. In order for Lamar to be good, he needs a dominant line. I think if we cut Lamar, we save like six million in cap. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah. And another thing, and this goes with coaching and, and using your players to the best of their positions, Lamar is very effective in the passing game. He doesn't very. drop he does not drop passes often. And when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make plays. And and he did it uh, today. He had a I think Watson checked it down to him and he very nearly converted a third and uh, long for a first down. I think he was just about a yard shy, but that just goes to show you we have the personnel for a passing attack. And O'Brien just wants to run the ball, and I don't understand. Now, like you said, if Foreman was back, I could get on board with running the ball a little more. But he's not back, and he probably won't be back till maybe, I'd say maybe around week 12 or 13, if I'm being honest with you. Um, But yeah, 
I, I just I don't understand the play calling. And you know, we're gonna break down the game, you know, position by position, but it's all gonna go back to coaching when it's all said and done. I mean, the, the guys for the most part did their job today, and they did it well. Right. Um, they their the coaching just was a huge disservice to them today. Uh, when we talk about the receivers, you know, Hopkins as usual, he was great, had a great game. Um, Demarius for the amount of time he was there for the amount of time he had to learn the playbook played very well tight ends very involved in the offense especially on the opening drive when, with the touchdown um, and the offensive line I was very I'm gonna get I'm gonna let you talk about this in, in depth because you're the you know line guy but man the offensive line really exceeded my expectations today and are making me feel a lot better about the season going forward because for the most part they they handled uh, Von Miller and Nick Chubb probably as good as you can with with the group of guys that were out there today. Uh, agreed. Uh, the only problems I have with the offensive line is those players that Bill O'Brien falls in love with. Basically, the Calamentes, the the Rankins, the people. To me, the guys that have no business being out there. To me, there's no reason why Calamente should be starting over Mance. There's just there's no reason. Uh, there, I've seen enough to to know that that's just not that that shouldn't happen. Um, Rankin is not a tackle. I don't care what anyone says. This guy is one of the worst. Let me put it to you this way: When Derek Newton was going through get, going through that one season where he gave up thirteen and a half sacks, and I and I used to on my old videos, I used to bag on Derek Newton so bad. Um, he gave up thirteen and a half sacks in one season. Or I, I would, I'm willing to, comfortably to say that Derek Newton is better than Rankin at that point, to where Rankin is now. I don't care if he's a rookie. There's no, to me, I don't care if he's a rookie. I don't care if he's playing out of position. The point is, he's at that position. He's not taking advantage. He's not taking advantage of the opportunity. But you know, Bill O'Brien falls in love with players that practice well. He must be one of them. Yeah, um, and then let's talk about defense. Defense, you know, about as good as you can be, again, like we said. Um, JJ, Clowney, I mean, they they did their thing, man. Uh, what, what can you say, dude? They just do it. They seem like they do it every week now. I, I Like, I don't even have anything to complain about either one of them, <laughs> yeah, honestly. You, you really can. And, and, and one thing I'll point out, because the tackling – as a whole, was pretty, you know, pretty bad. Uh, I I will say that, and it usually is. But Kareem Jackson, my God, open field tackles for this guy, he was destroying it out there today. It was amazing to see. I've been saying it for three damn years. I've been saying it for three years, put that man at safety and watch him work. And I'll be damned if he's not one of the best safeties playing this year. It's not the best safety playing this year. He is just lighting it up. And man, he had a killer game. I mean, he got me, he got me hyped on some intact. Like, man, this is what I've been waiting for 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 Kareem Jackson to be a safety for a long time. And again, it just feels good seeing him at a position of flourishing. So I'm I'm just man, you can't say enough about his his performance today. What did you think about that uh that supposed helmet to helmet call on, <laughs> on, on the honey badger oh my god it was clearly i'll shoulder. let you go first was, i'll let you go first because i mm. <laughs> it was clearly shoulder clear as day I, I think it was a clean hit we talked about it last week he went on a little bit of a rant about the pussification of the sport i mean 
this just goes to show you, man, this is football. You're going to get hit, and he hit you clean with the shoulder. If this was college, um, I'm not even sure. Maybe it gets called in college, but I don't know, man. I mean, the fact that that was even a penalty, I was pretty hot about that. Yeah, I, I it's like you said. I ran on a, I went on a rant. If you haven't seen that rant, go to the last week's video. I, I just, I mean, you, I, you're, you're gonna hit someone. You, you, you just, you. It was, it was a shoulder tackle, man. It's there was no reason. There was no reason for that to even, even go that far. That's yeah. Anyways, next, next, next question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm T.O. in it. Next question. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, there's not really much. That, I mean, the defense did what you can do as much as you can do against this team. They played great. Um, they got tired towards the end, of course. Case, you know, drove down the field, and, and they missed the field goal. Um, we'll address Mr. Mediocre. He has another, you know, statement in the chat. He said, "Should it should be Fulton at left guard and Mance at right guard. Agreed. And then he also said, if Kareem ain't all pro, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, um, I mean, he's having a hell of a season this year. There's no reason yeah, he shouldn't he's be. He's having a killer season. <laughs> um, but next week, next week we have uh, – not next week. Next week we have a bye. Next week, we're going to talk about two things here next oh, week. Oh, please, let's do it. <laughs> Wait. Oh, so, I'm so psyched for this, so, man. So first, first, we'll address this. Next week, the Texans are on a bye. Um, usually our episodes are after the Texans games. We talk a little of Astros as well, which we'll, we'll get to Keiko and some free agency stuff later, but we talk about Astros, we talk about Rockets. Um, but next week, the Texans, it's a huge gap of our show and they don't play. They're on a bye, which allows Demarius to, you know, learn some more of that playbook, but maybe he'll learn 20 plays this time. <laughs> But to to fill in the uh, void of the Texans not playing, we have a special little segment that we're going to do. Me and Ray will be doing a fantasy all-time draft, if you will. We will be picking our favorite players of all time. Every player is open. Of course, there's some exceptions. Like, you can't put Earl Campbell at fullback. You can't draft Aaron Hernandez. You can't, you know, do anything stupid. (laughs) Um, But that's what we're going to be doing next week for the episode. We'll be doing our fantasy draft, our, you know, uh, all-time favorite teams. And then there'll be some debates. There'll be some uh, snagging of other people's players. And, you know, we'll have a good little discussion. But... This is something we've been talking about for a few weeks now on the show, and uh, I'm really excited to get to it. Well, and the key to this, and the key, what you guys aren't understanding for people who are here, tell your friends, tell your family members to get on. It's going to be interactive. Yeah. Like, we're going to we're gonna see. Like, we're going to rely on the people in the chat to vote on who who they think has the better lineup. Yeah. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be great man. i can't wait dude oh my god i got i got such a lineup it's, it, it's crazy but it's gonna we're gonna do it with rules there's gonna be certain rules like you mentioned um we're also gonna have it's gonna be kind of a round robin draft so he would draft first and i would draft and then i would draft again and he would draft and we're just gonna go position by position uh we're not gonna make it oh, okay well i drafted a quarterback in the first round you drafted a receiver in the first round. No, we're going to go by position. Yeah. 
You will have a fullback. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to have H-backs or anything like that, you know? So, like, you can't have Gronkowski as an H-back. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, you just – it you like, you can't have T.O. as a tight end or, you know, it just there's, there's things that are going to be there, you know, and then we're going to do a football one, then we're going to do a baseball one, then we're going to do a basketball one. And I got to be honest with you, the basketball <laughs> one to me will be the most interesting one. Um, the other one is kind of – everyone kind of has a good idea of what their all-time team would be. But the one thing, the one thing that we're going to do on it is we're going to make sure – that when we draft, we explain why we drafted a player and wh- how they fit the system that you're drafting them in. Mm. So if you're if you're a power option or a wishbone team, obviously you're going to probably get a scrambling quarterback, you know. Or if you're you know West Coast team, you'd probably get like a Joe Montana or something like that. Mm. So, you know, same thing for baseball. You would have to that pay, the player has to play at least that position for at least two seasons, legitimately two seasons, you can't have like Pete Rose playing catcher. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't have like, there. there's going to be, we'll explain the rules as we do it, but man, we can't, we're looking forward to it, man. I hope you guys, it's going to be a blast. Mr. Mediocre asked in the chat, punters, kickers, and long snappers too. Yes. Uh, but no, punters, kickers, not long snappers, because that's just stupid. Yeah, we're not going to do a special teams team. But we will have we will have punters and kickers. Obviously. Yeah, we'll we'll have, we'll have returners. We'll have a returner. But oh, I know. But, but, oh but, man, but, you're changing the game on me, Ray, and I'm getting excited. No, man, you you have no idea, man. This is going to be a blast, man. Like right. for baseball, we'll have a DH. We won't, you know, we'll just keep the DH on there. But I'm really looking for. Oh, uh, by the way, April says that Jackson wants you to draft Ben Ten. What did she say? That uh, Jackson wants you to draft Ben Ten for your football team. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, that kid loves that stupid cartoon. <laughs> he, the, we bought him that stupid watch that he has. Oh my god, dude, he just wears that thing like it's some kind of amulet of power. It's just, it, it's cute as hell. But my god, man, boy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the fantasy draft and obviously we're, you know, going to be doing it for baseball and basketball down the line. But, uh, for now, um, we're going to be doing it for football and that will be during the Texans bye week, um, before they come back and, uh, play the Washington Redskins. Um, but usually, you know, I I don't know what to do with myself during the bye week when the Texans aren't playing because, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm missing. I'm I'm missing my team play. I, you know, I'll watch the other games, but you know, it's you know, you have a better Sunday when your team's actually playing and winning. Right. But um, yeah, uh, I'm very much looking forward to. Actually, I've been looking forward to this bye week for a few. I'm, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till the Texans aren't playing so we can actually get this done and do it because yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for it. But um, it's gonna be awesome, man. But Washington, Washington today. Uh, I, I believe they. I believe they came up sh- short. Did they? Did they lose their game today? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna have to check that right now because I was watching their game. I believe they played Atlanta. I actually, I think they might have beaten Atlanta. Did they play at Atlanta? Um, I I, I actually want to say that the game was in Washington. Here, I have it right here. Yeah, if they played at Atlanta for loss. <laughs> no, they they okay. They got trounced at home, the Redskins. So it was 13 Damn. Uh, Julio Jones actually had his first touchdown since 2017, and during that game. That helped my fantasy team a bit. But um Washington, first off, just before we give our predictions, what do you what do you think about the matchup of Washington? Because I'm the Texans have historically 
not played very well when Alex Smith is quarterbacking against them. So uh, <laughs> what do you think about that that matchup right off the bat? Yeah, that's that's you said it. Anytime, <laughs> anytime Houston plays Alex Smith, oh my god, man! It's like he has. There's just that one player that's always seemingly has Houston's number. Yeah, that, that's him. He, he he just and for some reason he runs way more on Houston than any other team he, he plays that year. It, it's it's in, it's insane. So in all honesty, if you can control Alex Smith, I think they got a great shot. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think about the same, you know, from the little I got to see of that game, um, I was already thinking about how Houston would match up with them. Right. Now, don't get me wrong, Adrian Peterson, you know, historically the Texans have had his number. You know, I right. can't remember a time that Adrian Peterson absolutely ran all over. Actually, that right. year he went over 2,000 yards, we he, we were one of the, f- the few games that he didn't go over 100 yards rushing. So, yeah, I think he had like 72 yards or something like that, and he had a lot of carries that game too. Yeah, so we we pretty much shut him down that game. Um, Alex Smith, like you said, he turns into this rushing guru when he plays us. And I believe that's – look, with the Texans, historically, things pretty much stay the same. So I'm assuming that Alex Smith is going to have a really good game against us as well. But, you know, uh, I can't – that defense of Washington is a bit of a wild card because they just traded for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. They have Norman and they have our old friend DJ Swearinger as well, who has been, you know, he's been playing all right over there. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, this is a, this is a bit of a, you know, I think it was mentioned in the chat just right now. Yeah. Mr. Mediocre Texans do bad versus NFC teams. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And and that's something that you know you, we should worry a little bit about heading into next uh, well not next week and week ten or week eleven, um, but right off the bat you know James what are you thinking about the matchup against the Redskins defense? Uh, I think the only the only receiver that I've ever heard Josh Norman talk good about or have mutual respect for is Hawkins. That's he's that's, every other time he usually he'll, he'll talk crap about the receiver he's going against. But I think it was uh, this year. I think it was on this year's uh, top NFL top 100. Josh Norman was on there saying how incredible Hawkins is. So I honestly think Hawkins can to make Norman look really stupid. I really do. Uh, ha Clint Dix. I don't see him being a big X factor. On their defense, I, I just don't see him contributing too much. I mean, maybe he will, but I just, you know, I the way our tight ends and our receivers are playing, I'm not really worried about it. But th- this goes back to what we've been talking about this whole time, the run game. If we can't run the ball, it's going to be a long freaking game. Because uh, that means Norman and them are going to sit back and they're just going to have a field day if Deshaun – you know, gets a wild hair up his butt and decides to go deep and throws another pick in the end zone. You know, I just again, me personally, I'm I'm not. It's going to be a good game. I, I I if if like if you were to tell me, um, going into the Washington game, uh, you your team is looking pretty decent. I would say even if we played a pretty flawless game, it would still be a, a pretty good game. It would be a pretty close game. Um, I just think that individual matchups can kind of go either way on both sides, quite frankly. Um, and the big thing is who's going to, who's going to spy Alex Smith. Yeah. 
that's 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 kind of again to me if you limit alex smith you you're gonna be you're gonna be fine yeah um well let's let's do our, our usual predictions for or, well this is a bye week so did you want to wait and give our predictions after we do our draft or did you want to go ahead and do them right now yeah because i want to see what the injury report comes after next week after they play okay so so we just previewed it a little bit so we'll give our predictions on next week's episode but was there anything else you want to talk about houston uh, the texans before we move on no nah, we've killed it oh well mr mediocre says in in the chat i'm scared swearinger will play angry against his former team and go head hunting and, and even if he does he'll shoulder tackle him and bounce off him like he always does uh, I'm I'm honestly not too mad about you know losing Swearinger. Um, looking back on it, um, really not too upset. It worked out for both sides, honestly. Um, he's had a decent career, not a great career, but he's had a decent career. So, you know, I hope he does well. Same here. Um, well, let's move on uh, to the Astros. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I didn't even get to read it, but but apparently Keuchel is the Golden Glove winner, and uh, there I, I believe uh, there was a, a pickup in free agency. I think. The Astros claim someone off waivers. I'm not. Let me see. I saw it right here. Uh, Chris Herman off waivers from the Mariners. Really? Yeah. That, that was that was about two days ago. But um, let's let's talk about Keuchel first. What do you think about Keuchel being a Golden Glove winner? Not shocking. He's got great pitching form. His when he releases the ball, he's in fielding position. Uh, it does not surprise me. Uh, he's he. He palms a ball well. He gets rid of it well. When he's got someone lightning running down, it doesn't surprise. It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, just right off the bat, because you know we we made a qualifying offer. Obviously, that was just you know to get a draft pick for wherever he signs next. But what where do you see Keiko likely ending up when it's all said and done? Honestly, you're not going to believe this, but honestly, Oakland. Oakland. Think about it. Just think about it. It makes the most sense. Against his former team, they're on the uprise. He would be pretty much, well, yeah, he'd probably pretty much be their ace. Yeah. He's going to want to go somewhere where he's the ace because hey, he won't say it, but I feel like he's he feels like he got slanted when Verlander came here. Mm-hmm. They took over the ace position, basically, and then Cole started being lights out. And I mean, he essentially dropped from one to three. Yeah. Within a season, yeah, yeah, I, I really think he's going to go. He's either going to go somewhere where they're like a contender immediately, like oh my god, I hate saying this, but like a Boston or something like that, which oh, even though I don't think they need them, uh, but they probably would. Yeah, uh, but I honestly think Oakland makes the most sense. If not Oakland, then maybe I just don't. I don't. He doesn't like hitting, so I don't see him going to the NL. So I would say Oakland. Um. You know, with Kershaw resigning, uh, I was actually afraid that the Astros would go after him. I believe that he was—he's one of the most overrated pitchers uh, in history. I mean, look—I'm not going to take anything away from so him. So overrated. I'm not going to take anything away from him. In the playoffs, he's—he's he's terrible. You know, he—he he, he just is. In the regular season, he's a great pitcher, but he plays against lousy teams regularly. Um, you're just not getting the same competition that. You, you are in the American League, um, so I would put him up there as one of the most overrated guys in the history of the game, just simply because of who he's been playing against and the fact that his you know he's not great in the playoffs. He's actually kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was actually afraid that Houston would be stupid enough to go after him. I really was. So I'm glad that he did resign. But yeah, as, me too. as far as who is left and who you expect to be available going forward, do you see any? Do you see the Astros making any big moves in free agency? If they do, it'll be for a catcher. It'll be either for Will Ramos or uh, JP Romuto from uh, Miami. Maybe. Uh, the, I don't see them going. I don't see them going all out for too much, honestly. Uh, they're with um, the farm system developing as it always does for Houston nowadays. Um, I don't see them going after a pitcher of any of any sort. And if they do, they'll probably go for a left-handed arm for the bullpen or like a low leaf, like a low relief left-handed arm, maybe. But it's not going to be any big splash signing, in my personal opinion. Do you think they even need it? Not really. Well, not with their not with their bulb not with their not with their uh, farm system being what it is. Um, I would honestly think that if if it was me, and again, if it was me, uh, I'm not Lunau, and Lunau has proven to be a great GM. So I can't I can't bash on him in any way, shape, or form. He brought me a championship. Not being just be real, but if it was me. Um, I, I'm kind of in the same agreement. Uh, Josh Ennis said it the other day, as a matter of fact. Uh, I'm, I would be willing to part ways with Tucker. I would be willing to part ways with Tucker and send him to Miami with a pick to get J.P. Real Muto. That, I think that guy is a catcher that is vastly underrated that would come to this lineup and just fit perfectly all the way around. Uh, he is a five-tool catcher, and you don't see those very much. Period. Um, what went wrong in the postseason? I mean, pitching oh. kind of just—I don't know. I, I could, after the Cleveland series, I was riding high, and and then as soon as we yeah. hit Boston, I mean, I, I don't know what happened to to the pitching. Pitching was terrible. And, and do you even do you just put that off as saying, well, Boston has great hitters, or or did did they just fall off? Did just no one show up? Well, uh, considering they went on to win the World Series, I'd say they've got pretty decent hitters. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they were such world beaters to get to our aces like they did. Um, I also think that <laughs> that AJ Hinch having a short leash didn't didn't help any. I also think uh, AJ Hinch giving someone too long of time out there. That has limited playoff experience was not a smart idea, but at the same time, we just okay. We ran into ourselves. We ran into Boston, a Boston team that was the Houston team from last year. It's that simple. That's the best way I can put it. Just the the stars aligned. All their hitters were hitting. They, their two out hitting was incredible in yeah. the, in our in the Houston Boston series. We were like five of thirty nine with runners in scoring position. You're not going to win like that, especially against team. All of a sudden, David Price learned how to pitch in the in the in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, you can't you can't hold that against them anymore. That used to be he used to be another Kershaw, uh, but yeah, hey, it is what it is. Uh, you know they they won. Congratulations to them. And the, the way I look at it, uh, we didn't we didn't win the World Series, but we lost to the eventual World Champs. That's the best way I could put it. And I definitely think we're better than LA. So. And we were we finished second in the league, you know what I mean? 
Oh, I have no sympathy for LA. I don't care. I hope an earthquake and a volcano hit at the same time and that whole place falls in the ocean. <laughs> I hope it, it turns into a tool song where it's Arizona Bay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, I, I, I just, LA is, is just, it's like New York. I just can't stand either one of those cities. Man. Yeah. I just can't stand them. Um, what needs to change for Houston to get back to the World Series next year? They need a they need a a consistent consistent catcher. Period. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Correa will turn it around. I think he was just banged up all year. Altuve being banged up didn't help. Uh, but you know, we got the mix of Maldonado and McCann. That's why they didn't pick up McCann's option. That's why they let him go. Uh, it just he's not you know great veteran presence, but. He's just not getting it done anymore. We need an everyday catcher, someone who's going to need a break every now and then, but for the most part is the catcher for the Houston Astros, someone that can hit in that five, six, or seven hole, someone who can hit for power, who can hit for RBIs, that can run a little bit. Again, real Muto for Miami. I can't I can't stress it enough. If they get him, I'm feeling really good about where Houston is going to be next year. Even though I feel good about it now, but I feel really good about it. I, I would be elated if they went and pulled the trigger on that. Not a big fan of Will Ramos, for the record. Um, well, with that being said, that's pretty much you know all we got to talk about so far. Um, Ray, was there anything you wanted to mention before we start asking you know the guys in the chat if they got any questions? Uh, actually, yeah. Um, I, y'all are gonna have to bear with me for a second. We're gonna do kind of a screen change here. Give me one second. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. So, you know, we have a sponsor for for our for our channel. And I'm gonna show you the poster. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you see it for about 30 seconds and then just kind of go from there, okay? Uh maybe can you see that? Because I can't tell. Yeah. Okay. Uh it's Hempworks. It's my wife. She she works, she's an independent affiliate for Hempworks. Um, it's just a CBD oil that helps with stress and, and pain and stuff like that. It has very limited to no THC on it, so you're not going to pop on piss tests or anything like that. Um, if you have any questions, you can always go to CBD for you and me at 7224 at gmail.com. Our Hempalot uh, Network CBD Oil for it's a Facebook app uh, for all your needs and stuff like that. Go and check it out, man. My wife has a severe back problems, and she's been taking it for about two months now, and she's able to move around way more than she ever has been. I was very skeptical of her starting it, but she believed in the product so much and it's helped her so much that she's become an affiliate and she's starting to sell it. So you guys, please go check it out again, man. I'll show you it real again, real quick. It's a uh, hempworks, hempworks.com at a Welch. That's my wife. Uh, just please go check it out and just uh, show some love. My wife will answer any questions you have. I mean, they have it for, they not only have it just for drops, but they have like stuff for dogs. Like our our dog has chronic ear infections because of his breed. We put a couple drops in there, and he's good to go for at least eight hours. Um, they have hell. They have coffee and like I think they even have like cookie dough and shit. And they like they have all kinds of stuff in there, man. So go check it out. Um, if you have any uh, questions, again, you can either direct them to me or you can just go there and. Uh, direct them to her so thank you guys but that's all i got all right and with that being said if you guys have any questions go ahead and ask them in the chat and we'll get to them um and and i guess now we wait for questions 
Um, yeah. But with while we wait, um, just to run back on on, on the fantasy draft. So le- let's let's just establish at least some ground rules first, so they know what to expect <laughs> heading into okay. next week. Um, we already established Aaron Hernandez is not draftable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what can, should we not draft guys who were, uh, who, have, who have, I guess a controversial past who are now deceased? Uh, is junior say available? I mean, like what's the cutoff point here? Um, I, I honestly don't think there should be a cutoff. I mean, if you want to draft Aaron Hernandez, be my guest, but I can name, at least 10 tight ends that were better than him throughout the NFL oh, history. So, yeah, for sure. you know, to me, if you want to, if you want to draft someone like Barry Bonds, you know, Hey, I played, I played baseball just as much as I played football in my life. And I can tell you right now for what that man did, not on home runs, but walks by itself, the amount of walks that guy had, I mean, you have to have a killer eye. You have to have really, really good play discipline. And, and considering what he was doing, yeah, Barry Bonds is a badass. And you got to think, before he got all roided up, he was still the MVP of the league for two years. So, I mean, you just got to take it, take it, just, I guess, for whoever you're going to draft or whoever we decide to draft, you have to keep in mind why you're drafting them, where you're drafting them, and what and where they're going to be. Like, for example, for baseball, like Barry Bonds would be my, like I'm not saying this is going to be it because Barry Bonds would not be my right fielder, but let's say I'm drafting Barry Bonds. He's going to play right field and he's going to bat third in my lineup. Um, and it's the Barry Bonds from his Pirate years, not his San Francisco years. Just things like that. You know, why did you draft him? Well, obviously his plate discipline is he was a five tool player, and you know before he got all beanie babied out, he looked you know. It was a badass. Okay, I, I don't mean to completely take the comp. This is completely off topic, but this is a, a sports show, and uh, I, I know I, I know some people were interactive with the fight talk last week. I just have to say this, okay? Floyd Mayweather is going to be fighting in MMA. This just broke from Sports Center. Floyd Mayweather. I'm going to read the wow. Sports Center uh, breaking news thing that I just got on my phone. This is this is legit. This is from Sports Center, confirmed on uh, Twitter. Breaking: Floyd Mayweather announced on Sunday night at a Tokyo press conference that he will participate in an MMA fight in the Ryzen Fighting Federation on December 31st in Japan. So Floyd Mayweather, the greatest boxer of all time, who is nearly middle aged, if not already middle aged. I don't know the man's age. I know he just whooped up on Conor McGregor not too long ago, but. He will be fighting in MMA. I will say this. I have been covering MMA for years. I'm a sports writer, for those of you who don't know. This man goes up against anyone who has been fighting for at least... Uh, he's 41. That's Third Coast Third Coast Sports TV, by the way. He came in earlier saying, what's good? Daddy's home. Thank you, Third no, Coast, for letting me know. That's Wink. He's 41, yeah. That's, um, that's my boy Wink, man. If this man steps into the cage with anyone who's been fighting for... I will say training MMA for nine months, he will get destroyed. (laughs) Anyone who has even the slightest skill in jujitsu, he will tap out, I guarantee it, in under two minutes. And it's going to be sweet justice for all the taunting. Look, I'm no Conor McGregor fan, but all the taunting he was giving McGregor about tapping out 
He has no idea what he's talking about. So this will be sweet justice. I guarantee you he will lose by submission in the first round in this fight. I, I promise you. And I will bet so, any amount of money on that. So I have a question for you. Do you think that, um, let's say the McGregor and, let's, let's say McGregor and uh, Floyd fight MMA. Mm -hmm. Do you think that fight goes differently? <laughs> If McGregor and Mayweather fight in <laughs> MMA, that fight is over in under a minute, and Conor McGregor destroys him on the ground. He will take him down, he will choke him, and he will make the man tap out so fast. And even at that, he can, Conor can do whatever he wants with Floyd inside the cage. If he wants to knock him out, he'll knock him out. If he wants to take him down and make him tap, he'll make him tap. If he wants to take him down and, and batter him on the floor, he'll do that. Look, one thing that people don't realize, whenever you're in a street fight and you see someone kick, those kicks, if you know what you're doing, can be brutal. One, if you yeah. know how to leg kick somebody, I promise you, the first leg kick Conor McGregor lands on Floyd Mayweather, his face is going to, he is not going to know what the hell just happened to him. Yeah, I was watching some weird Facebook, uh, it was just showing best knockouts in MMA with kicks. And there was a kick to uh, I think it was it was in Japan, and um, this big dude really looked like Bolo from like from like you know what I'm saying he looked like Bolo from Kickboxer you know what I'm saying like this big Asian dude he's coming at this little he looked like a monk, and this monk did this spinning roundhouse kick to the solar plex and this dude launched like five foot back and then you can actually literally see his chest his his chest caving in like from like a from like <laughs> punctured ribs and lung i was like oh my god he killed that dude he just i mean some of the kicks that i've seen i saw a guy get kicked in the back of the head that's on that same thing a guy came around with a spinning like looks like a spinning punch and because i don't know anything about mma as you know as you probably don't know but I was watching, he came around with a spinning punch, and that guy ducked under it and kicked him with his heel, like right there on his temple. The dude just went down like in two seconds. He was just, he was out. I thought he killed him. <laughs> the way he fell, the way he fell was not a normal knockout. I mean, he, he just, he just looked stone cold dead. Like, I was like, oh, he's, he's fucking dead. He's not, he's not getting up. Yeah. So. It's a brutal sport, man. But Third Coast, uh, you're going to have to elaborate on on your statement i'm not sure what you're i'm not quite sure what you're saying but you said mcgregor doesn't even have the punching power when he's fought way harder punchers in boxers and connor only kicks to measure distance if if your argument is that connor doesn't have punching power my friend you need to look at a lot more of his mma fights because he's knocked out the likes of chad mendez jose aldo uh eddie alvarez those three guys are some of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time um, so he definitely has punching power. Yes, he uses his kicks to measure distance, but what I'm saying is even his mediocrity, mediocre kicks, such as leg kicks or a kick to the body, if he lands that against a novice in Floyd Mayweather, Floyd, he will be flustered beyond belief. Floyd has fought better punchers in his career than Conor will ever fight. And yeah, that's true, but that's in boxing. We're talking about MMA. Conor's stamina in MMA is better than it is in boxing. Uh, he showed that against Khabib Nurmagomedov, who was grappling him for four rounds. He looked like he could have gone to the fifth. He wasn't exhausted. He was just simply outclassed. 
Floyd has fought better punchers in his career than Car- well, well, yeah. Again, it the distance, everything about striking in boxing and MMA is completely different. So, trust me, Floyd steps in into the cage against Connor. It's Connor's world. Uh, he can take him out any way he pleases. Um, but I won't stress on this too, too much because, again, we're not a fighting podcast. We're, we're a Houston sports podcast. But I just wanted to bring that up because uh, it just came across my news feed, and uh, it's pretty big news. Um, I'm, I'm very interested, actually, to look more into this after the show's over to to see exactly who will be fighting and stuff like that. But um, back to our draft. Sorry, back to our draft. Um Okay, we've established that we can pretty much draft everybody. The only true rules, though, would be we can't place players out of position. Like like I mentioned earlier, you can't put Earl right. Campbell at fullback or put right. uh, Rob Gronkowski at wide receiver or something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally agree. And then it'll be draft style, of course, and we'll, we'll yeah. you, you want to go by position. So what kind of order were you thinking for that? Well, just start with the offense because the QB one will be the one everyone going to want to talk about anyway. So we'll just start. We'll probably go QB, running back, fullback, tight end, or fullback, receiver, tight end, O line. Um, the O line one will be interesting because you're going to have to do research. Yeah, I'm not going to have to do I'm much research do on the O line. <laughs> um, um, and then we'll just flip it to the next side: D line, linebackers, corner, safeties. I remember, guys, any questions you have, just go ahead and ask them in the chat. Uh, Third Coast Sports TV says shout-out to Ray Ray. Yeah, that's my boy Wink, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching. They were doing a round, a round table on South Sports before we started, and uh, one of the guys on there was talking about how you can't blame Bill O'Brien. And oh. and then, I, I mean, he meant to he, – he, I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to stay positive, but – uh, yeah, again, I've defended Bill O'Brien for four years, and Wink Wink was saying it, and a guy named Jay Dizzle that always comes to streams and stuff called in and just laid a bombshell down. It was it was fucking it was priceless, dude. I was rolling, man. I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, Wink was dude. Third court, third coach wasn't stop. He didn't stop laughing. Uh, I mean, you you just you can't you, you can't give Bill too much credit anymore. Unless he wins it all. If he wins it all, I'll give him his props. But until then, man, I, I just I don't trust this dude at all. And again, I gave him four years to get to prove me wrong. And I just couldn't do it. And I told you, and it's like and we had a podcast on this, man. When he stated, I don't know what I have to do, but we have to do something. That 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 lost me forever with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. It don't matter what he does unless he wins the Super Bowl. There's nothing this man will do to make me feel like he's a great coach. I don't care what players say. I don't care what anyone says. Well, that's the thing. You know, he's not very well liked amongst Texans fans. For I, I would say the majority. But how do you not blame him at this point? Like honestly, even if he did win a Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure there'd still be people calling for his job, bro. When you win six in a row, no matter how fluky they may be, apparently, for those fans that don't know any better, you just they just they lose their mind, man. They 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 think he's a great coach now, and it's like I I don't know, man. I, you know, one of the one of the biggest things about a channel that I've been doing for years is just 
keeping it honest. You're just keeping, just putting facts out there to justify the feeling. You know what I mean? And there's nothing here that convinces me that he can out coach uh, the better coaches in the AFC or NFC. There's just, there's not, there's nothing there. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I, we can keep being the dead horse, but I'm just going to keep saying the same thing. The, the guy has all the personnel in the world to have yeah. a better, you know, passing offenses Absolutely. and he consistently refuses to <laughs> pass the ball. I, I just, I don't understand <laughs> it. Uh, you have DeAndre Hopkins. You now have Demarius Thomas. You have a uh, Kiki in the, you know, slot. Who's say his name. Cutie. I'm not going to, I will not say call it. another grown man a cutie. I'm, I refuse to do it. <laughs> But, again, you have the wide receivers. You have some promising tight ends. The the offensive line's been doing their job, and you have Deshaun Watson. And we talked about Lamar Miller, who's more effective as a pass catcher uh, than a runner. And then you right. can use Deontay Foreman when he comes back, but the fact of the matter is you don't have Deontay Foreman right now. And so then he, you don't know what he's going to be when he gets back. Exactly. He may, he, he may run a play and re-injure him shit, his shit again. I mean, I, there's, there's, I, to me, it's like, what I keep thinking about is, okay, what's going to happen when we get all everyone back? We have Will Fuller, we have Demarius Thomas, and we have uh, Kiki back. Are, are we still going to have the same kind of bullshit conversation of Bill still trying to run the football? I, I, I guarantee we will. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, Dennis Emin asks in the chat, what is more important, a quarterback or a coach? Oh shit, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I would honestly, I would say a quarterback because look at Tom Brady in New England. I mean, take away Bill Belichick, I honestly believe that they're still as successful as they are, and that's the key argument that I'll always point to whenever that question comes up. You know what? I, I'll agree with that. And actually, I only say Tom Brady. I'll say Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you take God. Aaron Rodgers off the Pats, and they're 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 abysmal. Yeah, they're shit stained. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's as real as it gets, man. Yeah, um, I I think I think the new because honestly, like people, I'm sure people are going to disagree with me, but I believe that Bill Belichick is extremely overrated. I mean, he's not even an offensive coach; he's a defensive no. guy. Yeah, people yeah. forget that, and he didn't do anything in Cleveland. And when he comes to New England, he didn't win anything, anything when. Here, let me see. Not a great coach. No, a great coach is better than a great quarterback. That is from Elver. It seems like Elver wants to disagree with us on everything we say. But go yeah. ahead, but go ahead, Ray. Uh, a great a great coach is better than a great a great he's, quarterback. He's my new Edmund. Um, <laughs> we, we welcome it. We we welcome it though. No, we do. We do. Um, I I think I, it's it's a great question because you could go either way. If you think about it, um, you know, take our example here in Houston. I think with a better head coach, we're a, a, an echelon team that's almost destined for the Super Bowl. Uh, but if, then again, you take Deshaun Watson off this team. What are we? Uh, you, I mean, just take, just use our team as an example. Um, look at last season. Look at, well, yeah, I, you know, I just. It's a hard it's a hard question to answer because it all depends on how you feel. Like to me, right now, we have the quarterback, but the quarterback can only do so much based on what the head coach allows him to do. 
I'll, 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 I'll ask you this, Elver, in, in the chat. Can you name me one team that's won a Super Bowl based solely on coaching and not by because of having an elite quarterback? Just solely on coaching. And and that and that's that's in regards to both defense and offense, coaching both sides. Because I honestly can't, and I'll 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 concede that I'm wrong if you can. Honestly, I will, but I can't. Maybe Tampa Bay when Johnson won it, but mm. but he had a killer defense and work done, and yeah. I don't know, man. I, that's maybe Tampa Bay, but uh, but even then, you're, it goes to your point, and it, there's not many. Well, okay, I mean, Elver responds, but Belichick makes it work without Tom Brady. Yeah, but he's never won a quarter a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. I mean, who was quarterback? I I know his name. I can't draw it right now. Who was his Matt Castle? No, 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 no. There was another guy, um, who was actually one of the better quarterbacks in the league before Brady took over. Oh, Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe. What did he win with Bledsoe? Good, good point. Not a damn thing. The Ravens. Bledsoe's pretty good. He mentions the Ravens. Hey, Joe Flacco is no slouch. Not even not that season, at least. That season, Flacco was. Incredible. He hasn't been very good since, but still. Uh, so I won't give you the Ravens argument because Flacco had a hell of a season that year when they won the Super Bowl. Here and they had a killer defense. A very good defense. I mean, I, I don't know, man. That's a great question. I, I, to me, it's... It's one you can I mean, debate how, forever. How, how, yeah. Well, how about this? Look at it this way. We'll, we'll go back to the Kubiak year. Do you? I don't know if you guys know this, and if Wink is still in here, he'll he'll know what, exactly what I'm talking about. When Kubiak was here, Matt Schaub is his boy, but Matt Schaub only had five plays he could audible to. That's it. Yeah. Out of that laundry list stacked playbook that he had always carry on the sideline, he only was allowed to audible to five different plays. Period. And that's because the coach told him that's all he could do. What what's there to say that maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't have the same kind of thing going on with Bill O'Brien? We honestly don't know, but I can tell you this: I don't see Deshaun audibling a lot at all. As a matter of fact, I see him getting the play, doing what he's told, and then making plays happen with his arm or with his legs. That's what I see. I don't see him pointing things out. I don't see him turning to the receivers and crossing his arms or slapping his thigh or hitting the top of top of his head or anything like that. Like, I don't see him doing a lot of audibles. So, I, I, again, that goes to the coaching, though, because the coaching is hampering the quarterback. I mean, you got to think, for Bill O'Brien to be this quarterback genius, again, like I've said before, every quarterback that's played under Bill O'Brien has continually gotten worse the longer they've been with him. Yeah, and they're better when he when they leave. Same. Um, Elver says Flacco is not Brady. Well, yeah, but the argument is what's more important, a coach or a quarterback? If you take away Joe Flacco from the Ravens that year, they win the Super Bowl. Do they win the Super Bowl? I don't think they do. I don't think they get close. He, I mean, he had a killer season that year. He did. He was chunking it all over the place. Yeah. And with accuracy, which was amazing for him. And I can't, and I, again, the same thing with Brady. Any of the years they won the Super Bowl, take Brady out of yeah. the equation. I do not believe they do. Or maybe right. Watson doesn't recognize the defense. Okay, so now we're shifting to a completely different topic. Watson doesn't recognize the defense. Um, I mean, it's possible it is, but uh, honestly, I'm sorry. If, if, if he sees eight in the box, I'm pretty sure he can read that. If it's first and ten, and you see eight people in the box, I'm willing to bet he knows that. I'm just throwing that out there. 
Yeah. It's hard to it's hard for me to believe the guy as successful as he's been against all the colleges he ever played with and some of the defenses that he's faced in the NFL thus far. It's hard for me to say he do, he can't recognize the defense. Yeah. That's really that's a, that's a that's a far sell for me. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, <laughs> the guy when you're given the opportunity to just do his thing, man, he plays tremendous. Tremendous. And he's got a full season, right? Like this game was makes it his full rookie season, this, isn't it? This makes it so. What do we consider? Do we consider him a sophomore so, by the time he, he so, takes so, the field yeah, against so, the Redskins? So after the so after the bye week, he's he's you know he's he's a he's a vet. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he can read the defense, if he can read the defense, but he won't make the necessary changes. Really, I'm not sure he has the permission to do that. I mean, coaches are very different with the way they handle that. Like you said, Matt Schaub only had five audibles. I don't know what Bill O'Brien's deal is with that. Right. I couldn't tell you. Um, I couldn't either. The only person that I've seen him give vast audible power to was Hoyer. Hoyer was the only one. Well, Savage. Hoyer and Savage were the only two quarterbacks that I saw that Actually had the ability to do audibles at any time. Yeah. Um, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I don't. I don't have anything. Okay. Um, I mean, that's that's all we've had from Elver so far. Oh. Um, okay. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, honestly, like I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly don't think he has the ability to to do that, especially with how young he is um, as a right. as a rookie, basically. Right. Um, but it, like I said, when given the opportunity to just do his thing, man, uh, Watson's, Watson's tremendous. And we saw that last season. You know, for the most part, Watson pretty much had free reign in those first few games before he went down, and, and he tore it up. And so I want to ask you a question, and, and maybe people in the chat can chime in too. Has anyone ever noticed that Houston's offense seemingly works better when we're in the hurry-up offense under Bill O'Brien? Yes, but I would also say that that's just been the culture of the Texans as a whole because even under Kubiak with a completely different team, it seems like it's always worked better in the hurry up. So if that's the case, then how come we don't do a lot more hurry up in our and then in our especially if we're struggling to find some kind of offense? I mean, is it because you don't want your defense to get more worn out than they already are, or I, I don't know? I, I get I just see every time I see them go into a hurry-up offense. And I'm not talking like into the half, into the game. Mm -hmm. I'm talking those rare times where they start picking it up a bit. Yeah. They they move the ball seemingly all the time. Mm -hmm. They did that. Hell, they did that going back all the way to Mallet Hoyer. Mm -hmm. They did it with Fitzpatrick when they were doing a hurry-up, was successful with it. Um, Hell, even Savage, when they did hurry-up, was even successful with it. And that's saying something, by the way. We found but I something mean, we agree with Elver on because he agrees. He says yes. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Because I mean, in in that regard, then then why then why don't we run it more? Again, this goes back to the coaching. Like, I, I, there's 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 the things that he should do, he does not do, and the things he should not do, he does do. Yeah. It's it's an anomaly like I've never seen. It's crazy. And to play devil's advocate, do you think Deshaun could run the hurry up offense? Did you watch Clemson? You're a Clemson fan. Are you for, no, are you kidding I, me? I believe so, but, but this is <laughs> this is a completely different system. It doesn't matter. Look, 
what to me, I understand the system is different. I get that, but but I have to say there are certain quarterbacks that thrive when they're when they're pushed, and he's one of them. Yep. That that's been proven over and over and over again. So the to me, despite the system, he's he thrives in it. Why not give him the reins and let him run it? You know, and this goes back to you know what uh, some people on the Frost channel were talking about. They're talking about, you know, why do you give it to someone other than Deshaun Watson when it's third and like two or third and five? Mm. Let him make a play, whether it be with his legs, with his arm, whether it's an audible. I mean, why don't you give him more reins? Like, if he's supposed to know your playbook, like you say he does, then you would trust him to do the right thing. Yeah. To me, it's you don't trust him if you don't give him the ball in those crucial situations. What what was that? Uh, what was that uh, quote in the replacements? Winners always want the ball when the game yeah. is on the line, and I I believe that yeah. that's that's true for anybody. Look. I mean, you, you mean to tell me that they're going to take the ball to Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers' hands if they need to get in the end zone? Mm-hmm. And if it's like a, thir- a fourth and two or fourth and three, are you shitting me? There's no way. There's no way they take it out of their hands, man. Uh, in the chat, El- Elver says, so Hoyer and Savage had, in parentheses, permission to make adjustments, but Watson doesn't. If you ask me, he just can't. Again, Hoyer and Savage had more time in the system. They are more. They are veteran quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, it, it's, it's a, I, I don't want to say rite of passage kind of thing, but I can't think of a better term. Um, Watson is very young in this, in, in not only in the league, but in this offense, uh, things like that take time. And, and again, it's different with every coach. Every coach just has a different way of doing things. Um, but yeah. And I just, to me, and look, and before I say this, I am not saying that Deshaun Watson is Peyton Manning. Let me just go there right now. What I will say, that would be like you telling Peyton Manning, this this guy who is the king of audibles, and only giving him five plays to choose from. That that to me, that's insane. Even even in Peyton's first and second years when he wasn't doing well, he was still having. He still had. He didn't have permission to audible to all his all his points and call outs and all this other crap that he would do at the line before he snapped it with one second left. He did that so many times in his career. It's it's ridiculous. And I think a lot of that had to do with him understanding that, yeah, I'll take my time. I'll read the defense. I'll snap it with one second left. And it's essentially like running the ball, you know, without actually handing the ball off and keeping it in my hand. Like, I don't know. To me, I just, it's really difficult for me to sit here and go, yeah, Bill O'Brien, has given him the reins, but he won't do it because he can't read defenses. That's that's very re- that's reaching to me. Um, yeah, I think we've done a, a good show for today. I will end on a high note. Um, <laughs> exactly. I I play Yahoo Fantasy Football. I was projected to lose my game uh, with a percentage of about mm, sixty. Tom Brady just passed a 55-yard touchdown pass to Josh Gordon. I am now in the lead, and I am projected to win my game by 73%. I am very happy right now, and I think that is a good way to end the show on a happy note. Freaking schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ray, is there anything you want to say before we end this one? 
Thank you guys for coming out. Tune in next week. Our draft is going to be awesome. It's going to be interactive, so you guys can put feedback. Um, I will. I will put this out there, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this right now, just because I know it's going to happen. Every draft we're had, we have, we're allowed two mulligans, meaning that we can shift the pick if we if we see someone that makes a pretty good argument or something we want to do or something like that. We will, we'll have two mulligans. We'll, and then we'll give that, we'll give that subscriber and that, uh, that comment credit for it. And I think that'll be, that'll help out a lot because that, that gets you guys into the, into the mood of drafts. And so it's going to be a blast, man. I, I can't wait. You guys come out, man. Stay tuned. Please like, and sub, because if you don't like and sub and hit the little belly thing, uh, you're not going to get the notification that we're going live on it. Um, I'm going to limit me going on my channel and saying, Hey, by the way, go to JJ, J and J sportscast, just basically because enough of y'all have been over here to spread the word. So tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your husbands, you know, if you, if you're, you know, like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just let them know. Hey, we don't discriminate. We, we welcome all. We, we, we appreciate you guys coming out. Before we go, we've been talking about Elver. We've been interacting with him a lot. He actually says, and you might recognize this, Ray Ray, I'm Rick James. I just changed my name. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm guessing you recognize who that is. Yeah, I know who it is now. Does, does it make uh, more sense? Right. Does it make fair more enough. sense now? No, nah, fair enough. It's, it's, it's all good, man. I don't even care if Edmund comes on. Oh, man. All right. Well, guys, thanks for watching. Um, I'm John Fuentes. I am a writer over at uh, TexansWire.com. Please go there for all your Texans news. Uh, like you, Ray already mentioned, uh, like, sub. Um, if you, We are on iTunes. If you miss a show and you want to re-listen, we are on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes uh, at J&J Houston Sportscast. Um, we are also and SoundCloud. On, yeah, we are also on SoundCloud if you, you know, listen through SoundCloud as well. Uh, so please just help us out. Um, the more you like and sub, the better we can make the show. Um, so thanks guys for your support and we will be next back next week. We will do our fantasy draft. We'll talk some rockets. We'll talk some Astros. We'll preview the Washington game. Um, but with that being said, guys, thanks for listening and we are out. Peace and elbow grease. (laughs)